This is Teachers Talk Radio, and you are listening live. Good evening. It's Wednesday, and it's 10 p.m., and it is time for the Late Late Chat Show with me, Toby Paincook, and my excellent friend, Mr. Ed Finch. And we, this week, we are talking about school trips. School trips. Ones we've enjoyed. This One is Teachers Talk hosted. Radio, and you are listening live. Tune in live at ttradio.org, or to join in the conversation, download the Podbean app and search Teachers Talk Radio. Follow the hashtag TT Radio. Tune in, talk it out with Teachers Talk Radio. Good evening, Ed. Good evening, sir. How are you? I'm all right. Yes, good. How are you? Microphone working, yeah. no stuttering, no delay on the line, everything good, tech on it's fire. Be like very professional this evening, isn't it? It's going to be none of those hiccups we've been beset with. I hope so. I, I'm well, not wearing a fleece, so there's going to be none of that rustly, rustly noise that was... But are you, are bane you naked? Of our lives. It was the bane of our lives. I, that's going to be... Is it just your... I, have, I got a bit overexcited. I made a cup of tea and then I realised I'd use a natural caffeinated tea bag. So, oh, I, I've just had hot chocolate actually today, this week. Um, I have not on the whiskey. I'm not on the whiskey. Um, but uh, yeah, so you've got. Is it, you've does not it got your serve as on. a loosener? Does it serve as a loosener or a hot chocolate? Does it get you a in loosener. the mood? Is it? A little loosener. A little loosener, yes. Um, anyway, good evening, listeners. Good evening, loyalists. Lucy, who I've just been speaking with via Alex. Um, Lucy's got slow gin. Very sensible. Be jealous. I am jealous. Very slow gin. Blimey. Um, and good morning or good afternoon, those listening on Catch Up whilst doing your running, jogging, running. That's the same as jogging, isn't it, really? Um, anyway, all that stuff. Um, so slightly different... Um, well, there's never really a format, is there? We had a format, and sometimes we use it. Um, I'll still want to do a few sound effects, but well, I... chuck them in. Chuck them in. I will chuck them in. I will chuck them in. I think there's going to be lots of opportunities for sound effects tonight, because I'm thinking there's going to be amusing stories, which... I think to... I've got two very amusing stories, although I say it myself. Um, <laughs> so... <laughs> it's a risk, isn't it? It's a risk saying out at the start that they're going to be that funny. So we're not <laughs> going to do... Although I have put a question of the week on on the twits, um, we will talk about that at the end. So the sort of others' views, other people's views, that some things that have come in via Twitter um, and, and the percentage sort of response to the the tweet I put out rather late. Mm. So it, the survey is still ongoing at the moment. So I think um, uh, on about kind of what the best sort of school trip is, and we'll talk about that at the end. I think we're going to start in a moment, Ed, and talk about. Mm. Uh, the most memorable school trips of our own from when we were yeah, back at school. From when way we back were little. From when we were little. And then we're going to talk about, before the news, maybe um, some school trips we've enjoyed hosting or, or leading, leading or hosting, supporting that we've been on, you know, whether we've just been as an extra pair of hands or whether we've been the person who's planned and created and organised the trip. Um, and then after the news, that discussion may carry on. Who knows? Um we will briefly discuss the purpose of the school trip and because this is why we're talking about school trips. There was a, I haven't really paid much attention to it. I don't think I even read the article, but I noticed that there was a, an article on Twitter, um, which caused a little bit of outrage suggesting that, that school trips do not raise trips to museums, do not raise attainment or, or improve mm. exam results. Damn. Well, you know, <laughs> you know, and so that made me think school trips would be a good thing to discuss because is the purpose of school trip to to get your B's up to your A's or your, your whatever it is, sixes up to your sevens? Um, is that really what they're for? Um, I'm not sure because um, if that's what they're for, then um, I imagine they probably don't work very well. Uh, but um, so that's that's we're going to discuss the purpose of the school trip and and what why we should go on school trips. Or should we not go on school trips? Of course, um, should be discussed. Anyway, without further ado, Ed, yes. uh, I think um, because I think we've got quite a lot to say probably about this. So um, <laughs> unless you've got any burning tweets of the week or burning burning news of your own personal week to to share, I would encourage you to 
to rem- reminisce about your school days and any particular school my trips that school you enjoyed? Days. My school days. Uh, so I don't remember a lot of school trips. Were there less of them in the 1970s? Um, I imagine there was no box ticking in terms yeah. of uh, no boxing. I just remember in, in the only school I went to yeah. that was vaguely state school-esque. So my first yeah. school that I went to until I was eight was funded, subsidised. It was a private school, but fund subsidised by the Roman Catholic Church. It was, wasn't far off. It was more like a faith primary mm-hmm. than a than a uh, a kind of private, private school like the other ones I've been to and work in. Uh, but I remember going to Paynton Zoo on a, on a coach oh, God, at about the age of seven, good, probably. So I remember going to London Zoo. And uh, I, I remember it very clearly because I got lost. I, I, I still feel I've got a chip on my shoulder from it because I remember we, we all were eating our packed lunches and I, I finished my packed lunch. And I said to the teacher, could I go walk over and have a look at the elephants? The elephants being just a few steps away, as I recall it, from the big concrete steps on which we ate our packed lunches. And so she said, yes, you can. So I walked over and I looked at the elephants. And then I, when I walked back, they'd all gone. The entire, I think of it as the entire school. It may have been a couple of classes, but it's a good number. Of they'd all gone. And I was the, yeah, I was the only one from Nutfield Church, first and middle there. Um, and wow. I, think, I think nowadays that might cause outrage. Anyway, so I thought, well, I'd better go for a wander and see if I could find anyway. So I wandered and I wandered past, you know, you know, the crap cats. The crap cats, the crap cats, (laughs) the ones that aren't big cats. You mean the sort of basically they look like domestic cats, but they've just got slightly pointy ears or something. That's what they've just found some cats and put them in a cage (laughs) and put some makeup on them. So we went past the crap cats, uh, and and I found a group of of kids, not the group I was meant to be with, with the grown up I was meant to be with, but a group of kids. So they very kindly let me join on. So we went back past the crap cats. and as we got to the end of the crap cats, we met another group coming the other way. And we said, you know, have you seen Mrs. I don't know who it was. Let's say Miss Headley, because she was one of the teachers. Have you seen Miss Headley? I said, no, I haven't seen Miss Headley. She said, why doesn't Edward join our group? And then and if we meet her, we can pass them on. So I joined their group and we went back class across the crap cats. And, uh, and we went all as fast more, past the civic cat and past the, the, I don't know. the Moderate the, cats, according to Lucy. Moderate. Moderate. Anyway, we them, got, got to the other end. I tell, I'm not telling a lie. We met another group coming the other way. And I said, have you met Miss Headley? We haven't seen Miss Headley. No. So why doesn't Edward join our group? And then if we see Miss Headley, then, then we can pass them on. I went back past the crap cats. This was the fourth time. And then it was time to go. And that was oh, it. I did four fly passes on the crap cats. And then I got back on a bus. And then they were cross with me. Yes. That's How old were you? Was this, was this primary school? Oh, yeah, it's primary school. I think I wasn't very old. I think I was probably nine, I would be, I guess. I think, imagine if that happened now. Imagine, like, oh, shit, we lost Edward. Where is he? We must, well, we'd have mobile phones and we'd be calling up each other. Lucy wants to call in. I'm going to let Lucy call in. Really? Wow. I am, because. No, we haven't done this before because she's obviously got something she desperately wants to say. (laughs) She's in. Lucy, what's your story? You know, join in. My there. Yeah, you're here. Yeah, we can hear. Welcome, can Lucy, hear. to the show. This is, this is the first time we've let someone in, but I, I, you're a trusted, trusted Twitter friend and trusted, having just spoken to you on Alex's show. I've let you in. So, so um, come on. What are you going to say about moderate cats or crap cats? <laughs> I may have slightly touched the wrong button, but when I was a volunteer in South Africa, I went on a trip to the zoo, and first of all, we got stopped by the police because the coach was totally unroadworthy. So I obviously had to sit on my handbag because the police were so corrupt that that wasn't a good thing if they saw I had one. Then we eventually got to the zoo and nobody counted anybody off or on or actually watched them anywhere. Wow. Wow. And I can honestly say it was the most horrifically stressful thing I've ever been on. They were grade one, year one. Year one, wow. Year one, wow. Yeah. So, gosh, this is I've got a strange, funny feedback loop with you called in, Lucy. So thank you for calling and sharing that. Um, uh, Ed's muted himself. Uh, Ed's muted himself. Yeah. I, well, I was trying to prevent feedback was what I was doing there. Yeah. Um, good. You're yeah. very good. Yeah. I'm, that's highly technical, isn't it? Touching the mute button when you're not talking and then not remembering. Um, yeah. We, I just don't think we did. Anyway, so I remember Fishbourne Royal Palace. That was that was the Romans. I remember that. Yeah. I remember the Hypercost. Remember that. So that that happened. 
I remember a residential where we went to Mundersley on the North Norfolk coast, driven through it many times since. And I've often looked out for that little hotel. I've never spotted it. Is it still there, you wonder? Um, but that's about it. I don't remember anymore. Did you do like... Cause I did I did a lot of... I was private school, right? Yeah, yeah. So, and, and boarding school. But not, I was, didn't board until I was 12. So my first... until Up until the age of 12, not many school trips at all. And then mm. the school I went to down near your neck of the woods now, Ed, Tavistock. Um, man, I, was, I went to... Because I was, I was there all the time. I only went home every three mm. weeks. And so... Mm. So we, we this wasn't really educational school trips. It was just stuff to keep us entertained. In but it was before the internet, and weekends went on forever. So I remember going to the Theatre Royal, Plymouth Theatre Royal, um, to see Terra Nova, which was a play about um, Scott of the Antarctic, mm-hmm. and um, Arnold Ridley. Was it Arnold Ridley? He was the old man in in um, Dad's Army. I can't remember which one yeah. it was. Um, wrote the Ghost Train, his play. Um, I remember, oh, at the end of that school, when I finished that school, when I was 13, mm-hmm. nearly 14, um, I um, did an adventure week on Dartmoor ooh, Country Park or something it was called, down down here. Um, anyway, on the edge of Dartmoor, we did a lot of, you know, it was an adventure thing. We did a lot of canoeing on the River Dart and um, yeah. potholing at, at um, Pridham's Lee near Buckfast Lee. Uh, and something else, walking on Dartmoor. Lots of lots of that. What's that funny noise? Um, I don't know, I liked it. Anyway, when you get to secondary school, then I get a whole load of trips. Yes, secondary school trips. Yeah, secondary school is where my two funny stories. Shall I do my two funny stories? Let's have at least one of them. Come on, at least have one of them. Let's have one of them. So, um, at my senior boarding school in Dorset, um, we in the third form, which is year nine, right? So we all start, that's when we start. Um, and mm-hmm. uh, you had to do, uh, in the year 10 and year 11, you had to do, uh, they weren't called that back then, so it's a fourth form and the fifth form. And um, you had to do CCF. Most people did CCF. I didn't do CCF because um, combined cadet force, in case anyone doesn't know what CCF stands for. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't do that because I was a pacifist and a hippie and I mucked out calf pens at the local farm um, and got paid for it and ogled the farmer's daughter, who was quite attractive as well. Um, and nothing happened, unfortunately. Um, she was a bit older than me, just to clarify. Um, and um, anyway... But in the third form, we didn't do CCF, and we used to have a trip out, a, a coach trip out every week. And we went to some quite interesting places. Uh, but then I'm not sure if this was one of those. I don't think it was. I think there was a thing at my school called the Natural History Society, which wasn't a thrilling club, but everyone joined it because in the summer term, in around about May, the, there was a weekend trip to the Wessex country game fair which was hosted at cricket mm. st thomas which is a zoo actually and, and, and a sort of country house where they filmed to the manor born with um yes um at, at cricket st thomas peter bowles and penelope peter keith. bowles and penelope keith indeed was filmed there anyway we went to the the wessex country game fair um and that was the reason everyone joined the natural history society and so this we were all you know 14 15 mm. well, we were 14 really um and of course, we wandered around this thing, and people bought cider. There was cider for sale. Oh, I um, see. And so you join. <laughs> well, there's a long story to say. You join the boring society <laughs> because once a year there's the opportunity. There's a trip to the game fair, and there's, so there's fifty of us, you know, all thereabouts, a coach full of of, of adolescent posh boys wandering around about <laughs> clutching their big five, bottles of cider five of them were interested in ferrets and and, <laughs> and and shooting gear and stuff and the rest of us just wanted to drink cider and I, I to be honest i was quite sensible i didn't drink that much cider but there was one guy uh, well several people who drank a lot of cider and then we all mm. had to go back and and get on the coach and it was about an hour's drive back to school i think and of course a lot of people were busting for a piss yes but of course they couldn't ask the coach driver to stop because that would have you know of course the 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 teachers who took us knew we were all a bit pissed and half cut on cider uh, Mm. but we didn't know that they knew because we were stupid 
14, 15 year old <laughs> boys. Thought we got away with it, didn't we? <laughs> thought we got away with it. And so we didn't, yeah. no one dared ask the coach driver. There was one guy who was busting for, absolutely busting for this. And so we, did, we couldn't ask the coach driver to stop. So, and there was no, it, this was, you know, before the days of, of, of toilets on buses, coaches. Um, and um, so he pissed in a plastic bag. <laughs> Fine. That's all right. All, all good so far. And then Not someone, great. someone suggested to him yeah. that he couldn't hold on to a plastic bag without it spilling for the whole journey. No. So you know those pop-up, pop-up windows at the top of the coach? <laughs> he tried to throw <laughs> the bag out of the top window and then the aisle was just flooded oh, with dear. stenchy cider piss. Um, <laughs> oh, dear. That's a oh, memorable... <laughs> so um that is that is memorable school trip number one um oh, that's which, quite good yeah yes yes do you want I, I think i think i think i need to do number two as well to be honest Go on. I think, and then and get it out of the system number two is a little a little warped a little disturbing so mm-hmm. in the in the sixth form uh i did biology a level as did uh, well i was in a class about eight others i think and and we and there was probably another class as well but i can't remember we went yeah we went to the minibus to i don't know it was a really boring trip to some water treatment works or something on biology mm. sort of just a day i don't know what it was i can't remember um and driving there dr millman he had a phd in biochemistry or something and chose to teach us um uh Posh Thickos, as we were affectionately known at Milton Abbey in Dorset. And um, he drove us there in a minibus. And his nickname was Dr. Foreskin because he had a sort of um, no moustache, but a beard, but a very neat beard that coated, a bit like Michael Levis, mm-hmm. that sort of coated his his thing. And then a, a sort of bowl haircut. So his sort of face looked like his, you know, anyway, it was a rather unfortunate nickname, Dr. Foreskin. Um, and he, he was driving us on the minibus. And on the way there, this duck flew out um, from nowhere uh, on the edge of the road and, and hit the front of the minibus, um, you know, sort of headlight kind of area, you know, grill, front grill area of the minibus, quite hard. And we all, you've just killed a duck. You've just killed a duck. And we'd say, you've just killed a duck. You've just killed a duck. And so that was that. We didn't stop, obviously. It was a duck. And yeah. um, carried on. And then and then we got to the place and we went round and looked at whatever. I really have a very poor memory of what we were looking at. But I remember we then got back to the minibus, a few of us, before... Dr. Millman did. He was with a group of children a little bit further behind us, presumably. And um, and one person who shall remain nameless, I do remember his name. I haven't seen him for, whatever, 30 years or so. Um, but he noticed a few duck feathers close to the headlight of the, you know, in the sort of gap at the edge of the headlight yes. in the... In, in, and he thought, God, he hit that duck pretty hard. It's got a couple of feathers trapped in there. And so he just got his foot and not, not, he didn't break the plastic and sort of dislodged the headlights um, to kind of look like the duck did more damage. And then took great delight in pointing out to Dr. Foreskin when he came back mm-hmm. that the damage he'd done, to, he'd done to the minibus by killing the duck, whereas actually it was his foot that had damaged the, 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 the headlight. And this, this is, this is, this is a, a boy whose parents were paying a lot of money to give their children a good education. So he shows, shows you, um, you know, he wasn't quite a Boris Johnson-esque character, this character who kicked the headlight in, but not far off, you know. Um, so that was quite memorable. Um, we did... Uh, um, there was one good. Hang on, I've got it noted down. I've got all these different things noted down. Oh, uh, what, there was some other good. My biology field trip was was we basically stayed at school for an extra week at the end of the Easter term, I think, and <laughs> and stayed stayed in the dormitories. And we went to some great day trips there. I mean, written, uh, academically, these were good. You know, we went to mm. Kimmeridge Bay and did a sort of you know beach transect and rock pool study, and then we went to Portland Bill. And, um, you know, a, a more exposed shore and we went to the dunes somewhere, Studland, I think, didn't see any, there's a lot of naturists at Studland, I think, um, we didn't see any of them. So yes, I, I had some pretty good, good trips, I have to say. Um, and they were, you know, but they were a mixture of sort of just keeping us busy because we were at school a lot of the time. Um, and also some educational ones, you know, later on as you get older. So what about your secondary ones? 
bed. Yeah, no, he... I mean, I, I, so the trips that, that changed my life, um, I did Duke of Edinburgh's award scheme. Of course, that does that count as a trip? I think it does. When you do your expedition, we did I was down right down here on Dartmoor. Only time I'd been to Dartmoor prior, I came down here. Did my bronze and my silver? Didn't go through to the gold. Didn't want all the no, I didn't. Money. I didn't know if I did that. I did a lot of walking on Dartmoor, but Duke of Edinburgh definitely counts as a trip. But it's it's it's, oh, it's a rite of passage, isn't it? It's yeah, a rite of passage. Great walking around, and I um, yeah, no. Sometimes I'm driving around Dartmoor, like for for work or whatever, and I suddenly see a sight, and I'm going, "Oh my god, I know we went over that bridge, or I know we went there." You know, I get these little glimmers of it in my life now because uh, yeah, I did those trips back in uh, the. Did you swim in any? Cold pools back then. I don't think we did. No, I don't think we did. No, that's a sort of nutty fifty-something thing to do. Yes, exactly. You've got to be, you've got to be in your late forties at least before you think that's a good idea. Yeah. We loved it. We loved it, and we uh, yeah, walking and camping and carrying around stuff and getting blisters and being silly and getting lost. Happy days, and uh, yes, and my great love of the outdoors. I think I really date to that. It was ridiculous, really, because I've you know done lots of walking with my dad, but that's different, isn't it? Walking with your dad than going off on a Duke of Edinburgh's with your with your mate. Happy days. That the trip that really changed my life, though, is a theatre trip with my uh, drama teacher, Mister Sayers. Uh, took us to see a production of Lark Rise to Candleford. Well, Lark Rise oh. is the first, not to Candleford. Lark Rise at, uh, yeah. at the Almeida Theatre in Islington. We went up there ah. from, from school and we saw that. And now I saw the, the, the band that was playing the music, because it's a funny sort of a musical, Lark Cries, was a band called the Albion Band. And I'd never heard, I don't think, any folk music or folk rock music before that evening. Oh, and did I, that open your mind to that? That's brilliant. Absolutely. No, it just changed my life. I, you know, I went there, think, I was into, uh, the band I was into at that point was Tangerine Dream. Oh, yes. I listened to them and all that goopy uh, sort of electronic it needed some beats you listen to it now and you go my god and why had they not thought of beats that's what this was missing anyway i went down and walked into the theater liking that and i came out of it thinking this i have to find out more about i very quickly started picking up instruments like i, I learned to play the accordion very soon after that off the back of it I found out about you know great music i found about obviously i leapt from the albion band to the Fairport Convention and that taught me about Richard Thompson and that took me yeah. to all sort of other places like Loudon Wainwright. So it took me into sort of across into the American folk tradition and the folk and the singer songwriters and things. And most of my uh, most of my adult uh, musical preferences can be dated to that one night in 1986 when we went up. So I liked it so much. I I insisted my whole family went up and saw it about two weeks later. Which is a very odd thing to do, but I did. I was like, "You have to come and see this." It was this road to Damascus moment for me. Now, that's I that's had fantastic. It had it not been for GCSE drama, yeah, you know, it's a pointless GCSE. Well, O level in those days, of course. I have, I'm, I am one of those. Uh, very it's not pointless. Brain. It's not no, pointless at all. Well, yeah, but, <laughs> but well, no, no, because it changed. Well, but so 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 so's. Physics pointless if you're never going to use it again afterwards. So it's, it's you know it's it's it it gives you something. You, I'll tell you what's not pointless. I'll tell you what's not pointless. Topology. There you go. Topology. Because it has points, doesn't it? Did you do a to- <laughs> Did you do a topology? You didn't I do a topology did. O level. I you tell you my. You can't do an O level in topology. Drama was maybe not the best idea. Look, I mean, I think I it was a good idea, Ed. You well, are. And another one, see, another one, which I did a O-level in something called graphic communication, which I think was the old technical... Is graphic communication, one. is that drawing rude pictures of your teachers in the back row? Oh, I wish it had been. No, it was... The, the, a lot of it was drawing uh, pictures of a Friedland doorbell. You would you'd recognise the doorbell if you saw it. Um, <laughs> The Friedland doorbell, right? Yeah, but but right. I learned how to use, uh, you know, learn me set squares, use me dividers, learned how to yeah. to transect an angle and things. Skills which I use to this day, on yes, almost daily basis. In my, you know, my, I don't know if you saw yesterday my my you know, cack-handed lino cutting hobby. I, I saw. I, I've had a few looks at some of the stuff. You put some oh, nice no, stuff on yesterday. Well, I, haven't, I haven't been paying much attention on the yeah, Twits, really. Don't, don't pay attention. It's, it's, it's a nice hobby for me, but no one else needs to like it. But I do think that my sort of my interest in life of that uh, is slightly an offspring of my graphic communication O-level. I was saying, so I have the last O-levels in Britain. 
because I took the last round of O levels. And then I also have. I have the second year of GCSEs, I think. Yeah. So I've also got the first GCSE because I did very poorly in my mathematics due to not turning over the last page. And yeah. uh, my parents insisted quite wisely, and they were correct, that I should retake. Only you couldn't retake. I'd done the last O levels. So I had to go to night school and do the whole course so that I wow. could take the first year of GCSEs. There you go. I'm an unusual person now. I have CSE, GCSE, and O levels in my uh, portfolio. Wow, that's 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 exciting. Not a lot of people can say that, right? No, I don't think many we, people can. Yeah. We must um, move on. We can um, continue talking about this after our, our break in a moment. Mm-hmm. Um, school trips as a teacher that you've enjoyed, either supporting or, or or leading or creating. So, what have you got for me there, Ed? Well, in that one, I tell you what. So. I've taken, I've done all the obvious school trips and all that, you know, on all the residentials and things like that. Yeah. One which really sticks in my mind as an educative, educative experience for me was when I took a coachload of children from uh, from our sister school in Jinja, Uganda, which serves a very deprived part of Jinja. So it's, you know, it really is quite mm. deprived. We, we we paid for this. We we put them on a coach and we took them to see the rainforest. We thought this wow. would be great because they live in urban Jinja, which is mostly shanty stuff. And, you know, they haven't had a lot of opportunities to move beyond that. I thought this will be amazing. They'll get to see the creepers and the trees and the monkeys. And they'll... Anyway, you've never seen more bored kids in your whole life. How long did it take you to get to rainforest so from bored. there? Uh, not very long. It's just there's this little scrap of rainforest called the Mabira rainforest, which is the last little bit remaining. It's sort of on the road yeah. between Ginger and, uh, and uh, Kampala. And it's kind of, it's nice enough, you know, it's all right. It's like a bit of rainforest. But those kids, I mean, I thought, oh yeah, of course. You know, you learn these lessons again and again and again in life. Kids are basically kids. Trees are basically trees. All that stuff, gloss I put on it, because I've seen David Attenborough and tree frogs and that now. You're a kid and you've been shoved into a coach and you're walking around these ruddy trees going, why am I interested in this? Oh, there! I said, "There you go." Well, you know, what should we have done for them? I don't know, but uh, well, that's that's a good link. Yeah, that's a good link to one. I, I think that's bang on because I, again, now teaching in a private prep school, so the children go up to thirteen. Um, and when I first joined, um, the new head of geography was very, very keen, and at his interview from the from the from the head, um, when he was interviewed, said, "You know, what what if you could take a trip anywhere?" where would you go? He's a geographer. So his obvious answer was Iceland. Um, and, and the head said, well, yeah, let's do it. So, so um, now of course this is a voluntary trip and, and parents, rich parents. So um, it was in the holidays. So we went on, you know, this was year seven and eight and I managed to get to go on the trip with my daughter, middle daughter, um, middle child, eldest daughter, Gemma. She was in year seven at the time, or was she in year eight? I don't know, it doesn't really matter. Um, and so she went on the trip, so we had to pay for her to go on the trip, but I didn't have to pay to go on the trip. So basically, Gemma and I had a free little holiday mm-hmm. to Iceland with about 20 other kids. Yeah. And an ex-Pfizer colleague of mine was Icelandic and then was living back in Iceland. So I managed to meet up with her one evening over there. So it was just fantastic. I would love to go back to Iceland. Um, but we went to Iceland. And of course, Iceland um, in October half term, this was, is basically full of every single, you know, geography, GCSE class in 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 England, it seemed, you know, or certainly from, from the more affluent schools, perhaps. Um, yeah. And um, we basically did, in three or four days, we did some amazing things. You know, we walked around Glacier, we saw the waterfalls, um, we went to the Blue Lagoon, which I wasn't so into, really, what is it called, the Blue Lagoon? I can't remember what it's called. Anyway, and and went to Reykjavik and, and saw, we saw the Northern Lights as well. Um, it was a wonderful, wonderful trip, but we were basically on a GCSE geography trip with you know, 12 and 13 year olds mm-hmm. and um, 11, 12 and 13 year olds. And it just got a bit bloody tiresome because, you know, it's amazing, <laughs> you know, you, and, and on, on the coach, you know, driving and he's, and the, the, the guy who's hosting it for us there, um, who, you know, wasn't, he was an English guy actually, um, uh, who, you know, and I love geology and geography is fascinating, 
but it wasn't that fascinating when I was 11. And, you know, once you've seen a certain, you've driven over or walked over a fault or, or seen a waterfall, you know, it's kind of like, you're right, kids are kids. And however rich and privileged and, and, and amazing what they're seeing is, it's like, you know, I just want to, you know, talk to my mate. And, and that's yeah. it, really. And um, right. and so, but that was a real privilege to be able to go to Iceland. Um, it was also a real privilege to be able for to... it to be really exciting. You know, for it to be, yeah. you have to you have to know quite a lot already, and you have to have some sort of quite a deep imagination. You know, because stepping over a fault, I know what you're yeah. talking about. It's by the where they used to hold the Parliament, isn't it? Yes. Um, yes. Yeah, yeah, and you can step over, and that is an extraordinary thing. It goes deep into the earth, and you can trace that right under the sea and out through North America. You know, it's it's the most extraordinary thing. You but you've got to have a kind of deep imagination, a deep curiosity. Uh, you've got to have yeah. a really deep concept of what that thing is. Otherwise, they've just made you go for a bloody walk again. And yeah, exactly. Mobile signal's terrible. You know, so you <laughs> you know, and I'm like, I mean, what we're saying here is that the really good trips are wasted on the young. Absolutely. Uh, really? Well, I took a school trip. I'm going to call it a school trip. I took a whole bunch of tweeting teachers up to the strange and beautiful house, which is the really the character in the Green No novels, you know? Green no. Boston. It's a bunch of rather odd children's stories written in the, I would be wrong when I say this, but I think the very late 50s and through to the 60s. And this, this woman, Lucy, she bought this house, which she knew was odd, but she sort of did archaeology in her house. Figured out it was a medieval tower house, which had then turned into a farmhouse, which had then been expanded into a sort of minor stately home, then had a terrible fire. All the stately home bit had been burnt away and left her with sort of the, uh, the, the farmhouse with this tower house in the middle. Uh, and she wrote this series of children's books, some of which are de- deeply suspect in today's world. But there you go. That's how life goes. The first one is really quite good. Um, anyway, we, we did a, like a read along of it. And then we sort of said, hey, why don't we actually go? So me and this whole bunch of teachers who I'd mostly never met before from right across Britain converged on this small village outside Cambridge and, and went round this house. It was just Terrific. And it felt like a, you know, it felt like a school trip because it was very educational. You know, we all come because of this booky thing. Oh, we had a great time anyway. And we listened to the lady and she told us all about it. And then we were allowed to sit and read a bit of the story in the, like in the bit that would have been the uh, big room in the medieval um, tower house. Yeah. And, and you know, we, no, it was great. And that, that's how a school trip should be because we knew enough about it that it was fascinating. Whereas otherwise it yeah. would be a thoroughly dull house. No, absolutely. You have to be invested with that much imagination for it to be anything other than a rather strange yeah. old lady's house. You have to walk through a bedroom because she lives in it as well. <laughs> you have to walk through a bedroom to get to the interesting bit. <laughs> anyway, yeah, that was um, a good school trip. Only it was for with teachers, not for teachers. children. Yeah, well, I think I think that's it. It's like yeah, education is wasted on the young. School trips are wasted on the young. We should just go. Yeah, other I, than I, I, other than <laughs> my trips to Dartmoor and my trips yeah. to see Lark cries at the Omega. Yeah, absolutely. Um, on the subject of trips, Ed, are you going to play us to the news with oh, yeah. some trippy ooh, music? Oh, 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 yeah. No, I've got one. Hang on a sec. Hang on a sec. I was just reaching across the ukulele, which I haven't Where seen. Where are you going to take Maybe us? That's a bad idea. I'm going to take you to a beautiful little town in in uh, North Wales. Oh, for a didn't we have a trip. lovely day? Didn't we have a lovely day the day we went to? Okay, we're going to try it. Okay, um, I'm try- and I haven't played it ever before in my life, so this could go badly wrong, <laughs> but we'll, we'll see what we can do. Didn't we have a lovely, a lovely time day. the day we day went, went to Bangor. to Bangor? A beautiful day, we had lunch on the way, it all for under a pound, you know. And on the way back, I cuddled with Jack, we opened a bottle of cider. Singing a few of our favourite songs, the wheels went round. Yeah, I got the way with the first bit. Now. You've done it. It's good. No, I won't. no, there's three more verses. Yeah, let's go. No, no. We mean, do you recall good. the thrill it all as we walked along the seafront? Then on the sand we heard a brass band that played diddly tom de dom tarara. Elsie and me had some cups of tea. We took a pedal a boat out. Blushing away as we tore around the bay as the wheels went round. See, hey, the wheels went round at the end of each verse, but it's different yeah. wheels each time. It's actually quite oh. clever. 
Wasn't it nice eating chocolate ice as we strolled around the fun fair? Then we went eels on the thick ferris wheel. We sailed above the ground, but then we had to be quick because Elsie felt sick. We had to find somewhere to take her. I said to the lad, what made him feel bad was the wheels going round. See, it's a different wheel again. Okay, yeah. next, last verse. Elsie and me, we finished our tea. We said goodbye to the seaside. Back on the bus, Flo says as us, oh, isn't it a shame to go? I oh, wouldn't it be grand to have cash on demand and live like this for always. It makes me feel ill when I think of the mill on the wheels going round. Round, aha, uh -huh. very go. good. And who covered that? Remember, that was it. That was it. Who, who did? But that was that well, was the, the hit was for a, 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 a sax band called Fiddler's Dram, they were called. Yeah. And they disappeared without trace, but Kathy LeSurf sang... It was Cassie, the... Kathy LeSurf. Didn't we yeah, have the lovely day the, the day we went to Bangor? You know, I, and so here's a connection for you, which I hadn't made until it popped into my head. She was the lead female vocalist with the Albion band when I first first saw them. Oh, my gosh. It's all so too there much you go. It tonight, all comes Albion Band at that point went through a, a female singer, a tour, I think possibly because of the bad behaviour of Ashley Hutchings, but don't try to uh, on that one. But okay. uh, yeah, every time they went out, different female vocalists, and Kathy did on maybe two tours. But, uh, there you go, carry on. Right, should we go to some adverts, the oh, news, and a tech date? It's, 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 it's an eight minute sesh tonight. Wow, okay, see you. Cup of tea. See you soon um, for the remaining <laughs> 16 or so minutes of the show. Okay, take care. Stick with us, guys. Speak see soon. This episode of Teachers Talk Radio has been made possible with support from Witherslack Group, the UK's leading provider of SEN education and care. They're here to support you too through an ever-growing offer of free resources including webinars, podcasts, articles and events aimed at supporting teaching professionals like you. Visit their website at www.weatherslackgroup.co.uk to find out more. Are you looking to take your phonics practice forward? Then Little Wondle Letters and Sounds Revised is the programme for you. Created by two schools with an excellent track record in phonics, Little Wondle Letters and Sounds Revised will help all children become readers and ensure no child is left behind. The programme offers complete support for your phonics teaching, alongside classroom resources and fully decodable readers from Collins Big Cats. To find out more, follow at Letters Sounds on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram or join a free briefing by visiting littlewonderlettersandsounds.org.uk. Introducing Bulb. With evidence-based learning at the forefront of education, let Bulb digital portfolios help reshape your educational practice. Bulb helps teachers teach and learners learn. Bulb is an easy-to-use, fully accessible digital platform that captures students' digital learning assets in one place, allowing them to evidence their learning and reflect on their growth. Our dedicated team of education specialists are on hand to ensure that Bulb fits seamlessly into all of your teaching practices. Come take a look and get a free account at bulbapp.com. If you're listening to this, then we know we share one thing in common. A passion for the type of outstanding education that every child deserves. That's what makes us the leading provider of specialist education and care. We need people like you to help us achieve even more. With us, you'll be given all the resources and support you need, offered a clear path to career progression, and be rewarded with some of the best salaries and benefits the industry has to offer. We are with a Slack Group. If you'd like to find out more, we'd love to hear from you. Visit www.withaslackgroup.co.uk forward slash careers and be part of our future. This is Teachers Talk Radio and this is Teachers Talk Radio News with Gail Glenn. Pupils at Belmont Grosvenor Prep School in Harrogate took part in a sound bath experience as part of the school's wellbeing programme. The school was visited by Sudeshna Sarkar, a sound mediation practitioner, who ran a series of sound workshops during Children's Mental Health Week. A sound bath is a meditative experience 
where you lie down and are bathed in different sounds. All pupils had a chance to play the gongs, Himalayan bowls, chimes, crystal bowls and other instruments before experiencing a brief sound bath. Ms Sarkar said she was overwhelmed by the positive responses to the workshop from the pupils. She said, participation in a sound bath requires no prior experience and is an excellent tool for children and adults alike to alleviate the symptoms of anxiety, stress, depression, poor sleep and a range of conditions affecting the nervous system. In Northern Ireland, Schools Minister Robin Walker has said schools must teach LGBT content and that there are no plans to rule out teaching about trans issues. He told the Commons Education Committee, we do need to talk about the world as it is, adding that trans people were a protected group under the Equality Act who needed support. He said, we want schools to be able to support pupils including the small number of pupils who may have gender identity issues and may need support in that respect. And it's important that if they approach members of staff, they can be signposted to the right advice and support. He said that issues around sex and gender had to be taught in an age-appropriate way and there were some really complex legal issues to do with the Equality Act. The government is working with the Equality and Human Rights Commission to explore this. This has been your latest Teachers Talk Radio News with Gail Glenn. This is Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods, your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. Hello, this week I'm going to look at fake news and scammers. We all know what a scammer is, but do we really know what fake news is? The NSPCC website explains fake news in an easy to understand way if you want to look a little deeper. However, basically it's disinformation as opposed to misinformation. Misinformation shared without knowledge or intent to harm. Disinformation is shared intentionally. Fake news is nothing new, but for most it's seen as a propaganda or a political tools to influence opinion. However, it's becoming more popular with scammers. I decided to see what happens when you actually follow a fake news advert. I've noticed recently popular social media apps and search engine adverts encouraging investment in cryptocurrency. One ad caught my eye as I was looking at the news headlines on a popular browser. It read, Elon Musk invests 12 million in a new trading platform. I trusted the search engine, so I clicked on the link. Because let's face it, anything Elon invests in is worth looking at. I was taken to a website showing how the company Bitcoin Motion had created an investment robot that invests when Bitcoin climbs and sells when Bitcoin falls. Because Bitcoin is a massively volatile currency, you can earn a large profit in a very short time. It sounds almost too good to be true. On the site, there's a report where Elon himself tells a popular American news presenter to invest $250, and within eight minutes, she's made a profit of $100. Scrolling down, there were testimonials from Dragon's Den, Money Supermarket, and other well-known established names. Next, a button to fill in a simple web form to sign up. I spent some time researching Bitcoin Motion. It was clearly fake. All endorsers had published statements saying they were nothing to do with it. So, I signed up. Within 30 seconds, I had a phone call from another company called FenoFX. Strangely, though, there was a distinctive call transfer noise, a silence before the connection. Why, if they phoned me? Hello? Hello? Hi, today am I speaking to Mr. Steve? Steve what? That's me. Steve, you're speaking to... And I was called Mr. Steve. I should have hung up. Anyway, I was then time pressured so I didn't miss out to give the big long number across my credit card, which I didn't do. So I was sent a WhatsApp message with a secure payment link. Again, I was pushed to open it on my cell phone and pay. I made my excuses and ended the call. A further five messages and calls, some from London, some from Sheffield, came, never leaving a message. The WhatsApp saying, I see you've not made your transaction. I'm calling to assist you. The recording I have is my final call with the supposed investment company on the 20th of march at 8pm on tom rogers show we're going to listen to this and discuss the topic why not join us i'm going to leave you with a final thought i was told to look at the website and see there was a padlock showing it was safe the padlock and certificate is proof your connection is encrypted it's not proof of how trustworthy the person on the other end is anyone can buy an ssl certificate please be careful as always don't forget to check out the tt radio 2022 twitter feed i'm steve woods and that was two 
Minute Tech. Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods. Your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. He's gone. Question is, am I here? Oh, mate. So I can't hear anything at all, but I can hear the sound effect. So, Lucy, give me a thumbs up if you can hear us. And uh, we've lost Toby. I wonder what we're going to do. <laughs> he said back in less than two minutes. Maybe he's not back at all. Well, Lucy can hear me, and, and I presume that means you can't hear Toby because I can't hear him. Um, let's see. He's probably desperately wrestling with his with his um, his computer, isn't he? Trying to figure out why we can't hear him. School trips. So where did this come from? It all came from this article saying that uh, that uh, trips to museums don't improve exam results. And you know, I, I think I wasn't alone in uh, in thinking. Who said ever said they did? Did it? Did people say they did? Maybe I'm wrong, but. Um, I can think of any number of reasons for uh, for school trips, quite apart from the uh, silly cynicism we were showing before the news thing. But I don't think I ever thought they were strictly about attainment, and it does worry me that, that we're going down that road and thinking everything is about outcomes. Because that's not just affecting Key Stage 4, is it? That's not just affecting GCSE results. We all can all know of schools, uh, whether they're you know local to us or we come across them, where it seems that Key Stage 3 has been constrained to the mill of GCSEs, a school that one of the schools my son's been to lots of schools yes okay you back in yeah he's i'm back, back in via my mobile okay yeah saying my my son's been to quite a number of schools i'm not telling no tales out of uh out of school so to speak when i say that one of the schools he went to on the first day the first day of year seven the children were asked why is it important that we work out work hard in school and they said well you know because we want to make our parents proud um, because it's good to learn things, because it's respectful to your teachers. And the, the form tutor who was taking the session nodded sagely and they said, yes, but the main reason is we want you to get the very best GCSEs. That was on his first day in year seven, first day of the school, and he, I mean, he sneered at it then, and I sneer at him now. But obviously for that school, that's, that's a very real thing. So did they do a lot of trips? Maybe I can't remember. I remember him a couple, but I don't remember loads. And maybe, maybe there is a tension between thinking we... We do want to give children the richest experience we can. Of course we do. But at the same time, look, if he's away, he's going to miss a whole four hours of valuable learning time. And it's all chalked up, isn't it? You know, yeah. You know what every minute is going to do. And you do, actually, in, in the secondary context, when the little bit of teaching I've done in there, you've got a course planned and you know what every hour counts for. Somebody yeah. briefly says they're taking your child away on Tuesday to do the cross-country running competition. And on Wednesday, they're going to be playing in a concert for the old folks. You're like, but that's two of my lessons. Mm. I don't think it's so much like that in primary, or certainly wasn't, but it's getting more like it, I think. Particularly one thing, one of the sort of unintended consequences of Ofsted's huge focus on curriculum is that people have tended to go, well, that means knowledge curriculum. That tends to mean that we have this limited set of knowledge to find on a, on a knowledge organiser, and, and we have to make sure not only that it all gets delivered, but it all gets remembered. So at the point when I say, well, this is all terrific, people, we're going to take a trip to the seaside, there's something in the staff from going, but you also want to hold me to account that I've delivered all this, uh, you know, vast amounts of knowledge in humanities and in science and in modern foreign languages. Which do you really want, Mr. Finch? <laughs> yeah, I, said, well, I, think, I, think I really what... want both. <laughs> Absolutely. And it's it's gone a bit bonkers, hasn't it? Because, you know... <laughs> We all know. I think that's the thing is everyone's just well, not everyone, not you, mm. and not me, but 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 collectively, it, it seems to. Mm. You know, people have got just locked in their little little block. So if you're if you're teaching, you know, chemistry at GCSE or geography at GCSE, mm. or, or or maths in year six, um, and 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 therefore English in year six too as well, of course. But you know, you're kind of like, oh, oh. you know, it feels like your job and it is your job is to improve 
that child's understanding of those subjects so that they can get good scores in their in their SATs, GCSEs, whatever. Um, but then collectively as a school, the school can have come quite a different set of objectives. You know, it wants them to have an, a shared experience and to feel like they belong yeah. to something and to make make friends for life, you know, possibly, yeah. you know. Um, well, often it's quite often there's a sort of a conflict at the leadership level where actually the leader is the person who is really close to the school's values. Often they, they define those values in a long meeting with, you know, they consultation. They really know it's a church school, you know, the scripture it's driven from, or if it's another one, the strange Latin phrase that underpins it, and they care about it. And they're trying to say, so they've got teachers who might be locked into a subject, locked into a very specific sort of uh, formal task, whether it's a GCSE or a just key stage two SAT or, a, you know, 11 plus or something. So quite yeah. often I think it's the leader saying, guys, we need to lift our uh, noses from the grindstone and we need to take a longer view and we need to remember that we promise our parents that we're giving the child a, you know, a, a holistic experience. And the teachers who are so close to it all, they're like, but I have to get through this material. And I've only got three weeks till the end of term. And you've just taken a whole week out for our writing project, which does sound exciting. But where do I get the time back to do all about the Romans? You know, yeah. the tension often goes that way. The leader going, look, guys, it's about values. Don't forget. Teachers going, you can't say that and hold me to account. When no, I know. I, absolutely. And so I think, I think, I mean, I, I, from going back to sort of the trip element of that, I mean, I, I've really enjoyed, um, I haven't done it since pre COVID now, November, 2019 was the last time. I'm probably, I'm going to go back again in, in the autumn, I think, but I used to do an annual year five, science museum trip and mm -hmm. for me with posh kids um in kent they go to london with their parents sometimes but most of them have you know a lot of them have never been on the tube never been on the underground yes. and, and and just that and, and whilst the science museum itself is great you know the particularly the interactive mm -hmm. bit that what's it called wonder lab these days i think it's called mm -hmm. um and and i like taking them down even though it's not really designed for upper key stage to the um, who am I bit at the back, the kind of, you know, in, in the new welcome wing at the back and although not so new. And, uh, you know, uh, the science bit is good, you know, and have lunch in the museum. And, and of course, everyone's every bloody school trip going around the science museum. They're all wearing their high vis. Um, and so, you know, we have to we have to put on the high vis as part of our risk assessment. And I suppose, you know, it doesn't really work. Children wearing high vis in the in the um, no, they're all museum. wearing high vis. They they're all wearing high vis. They may be high vis. Yeah. And, and so and and they're all wearing high vis. So some some primary schools were issued caps. Um, I noticed yes. actually when I was there last time it was quite good. Anyway, um, but but it's but for me it was the experience. The first two times I did it, so this is like uh, six and seven years ago. Um, we went on the on the train and then on the tube and 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 it was great. But then sort of safeguarding kicked in and and we end up have been the last few times have been um been on the coach because of sort of worries about these young year five children. But I said, but the primary school kids in London are getting on and off the underground all the time, all the time and they're really yes. worldly and and you know connected to to this great urban city. And I want our children. That's part of the trip. I want our children to feel like I don't want them to get on the coach and get off in bloody. Queensgate or whatever it is, and then you know walk across the road and um, Cromwell Road and walk across the road and, and then go into a museum because they might as well have got a coach to Canterbury or a coach to mm -hmm. Bodium Castle or a coach to whatever. Um, yeah, nothing yeah. against Canterbury, by the way, or nothing against Bodium Castle, but it's just you know it, it it's. I think that that's if for me for the children I teach who are not you know they they actually need to be connected to to the wider world more, you know, rather than being in their little privileged niche with their parents all having basically adventure playgrounds in their back garden anyway. And, and them all, you know, so they don't, you know, they don't need the kind of conventional school trip or the residential trip with stuff. Cause they've, they've probably got an assault course in their own garden. Um, having the chance to, to ride on the, on the underground is pretty Having exciting. a chance to ride on the underground, you know, my boy who goes to school at a school in Exeter, um, I've just paid £39 for a school trip for him. 
they're going to get on a coach at some ungodly time in the morning. They're going to drive to London. They're going to do the Natural History Museum as a yeah. stopgap, really. They, they, it's clear the Natural History Museum is just a little bit of guff. And then they're going to go into the Royal Albert Hall and they're going nice. to hear a concert of like soundtrack music. But I think it's, you know, it's in the Royal Albert Hall. It's a full-sized orchestra. You know, yeah. That'll be pretty impressive, I'm sure. And then yeah. they're going to get back on the coach for another four hours back to Exeter. Well, they're going to come. They're going to get back in in in, in yeah, four in the morning. Gonna, oh God, I don't know. And it's a work day as well. I'm like, really? So I'll have to drive into extra get pick up Douglas from school. I'm like, it's cool. So my son, because we moved down from from Oxford, Oxford. We, used to, we were used to be in London a lot. I've got yeah, and he's like, what am I? What am I doing this? And it, well, he just thinks it'll be fun. He goes, yeah. I mean, get out of school for the whole day, sit on a coach, play cards with the boys, and. <laughs> I was just like, you really? You've been to the Royal Albert Hall. Listen, mate, we went to the Royal Albert Hall. We heard Bernard Heiting uh, conducting the Royal Philharmonic. <laughs> we didn't. I can tell you they didn't do the theme tune from Schindler's List. <laughs> and yeah. I'm like, listen, I'm all over it because I want all those kids to, when they turn on the telly and they see like the Festival of Remembrance, maybe, to go, oh, I've been there. I've been there. That belongs to me too. That's part of my life. You know, it's not going to boost anybody's exam result. This is his, actually his music department organising it, and he's not doing the O level. He's doing no. um, he's doing the B tech because he thinks that it's going to involve more music making than the O level would have done. Whether it's yeah. right or not, or wrong, I don't know. People can correct me, but I just don't care. Of course, it doesn't. Of course, it doesn't boost his. GCSE I'll tell you when results. I think- Nothing to do with it. No, it's, it's got nothing it's to do with it. It's a ridiculous idea that, that there should be a link. But of course, it's an idea. Somebody got funded to research that, Toby. So somebody put in a proposal. So I think we should really track this one down. I could have told them they could have given me the money. It would have been. I wouldn't have charged them so much. I'll tell you where going to museums probably does make a difference. Mm. It's not on school trips. It is. It's. It is outside of school, isn't it? And, and Tabitha, I think, sent a tweet about this. You know, oh, yeah, no, it's, it's all money. And 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 so I, I taught some. There's one boy who got an. Uh, I taught a few years ago who was exceptionally gifted music music scholar. Mm-hmm. He got music scholarship and an academic scholarship to Eton. I mean, he he. Mm-hmm. We don't send many kids to Eton, and he's the only one I've sent since the time I've been here. But he is exceptionally gifted, and but he's an only child. His parents are incredibly incredibly bright themselves and very eccentric and and um you know he he um was brought up like an adult from the age of sort of three so you know he's been taken he's been to glastonbury with his parents you know from from quite early on he's been to um loads and loads of classical concerts from really early on as a child you know been around every you know around the British museum around all the you know from as a, as a three four five year old and and he's been spoken to as if he's an you know and he he you know age by the age of 13 you know intellectually he was like a you know 25 year old but but not really a child, um, but then on the fl- in, the, in the same class, I had the youngest of three siblings who I would say was equally equally clever, but she'd been raised as a normal normal child, you know, like she she you know played with friends her year in her year and had elder siblings and and you know, but but I could tell I reckon by the time they're both twenty five. You know, uh, I'm I'm sure Jack will end up doing something incredibly gifted music-wise. But but I do think that if you are carted around museums, galleries, libraries, spoken to about intellectual adult things mm-hmm. and books as a young child, obviously it's going to um, raise your your improve your memory. Probably it's going to improve mm-hmm. your vocabulary, and then therefore it's going to improve your your ability at school, provided you've got the kind of you know cognitive ability in your, in your neurons in, in in the first place but but one trip a year you know do it, no. with, with 30 other children is not going to make a difference <laughs> you know to to that so, you know so what i think we should have retrospectively one or other of us probably should have read the article because <laughs> it probably <laughs> says this doesn't it it probably does but um yeah, there's probably a strong correlation between the sort of people whose families take them to a lot of museums and do a lot of talking and who end up getting good reducing. Not that that's going to be, you know, there's going to be lots of pretty stupid people going to museums because that's what you do in there. Yeah, and then going to the shop at the end and buying a cuddly toy. Oh, or, you know? I went to the Ram Museum in the Royal Albert 
what wonder what the M is. Something Museum. Royal Albert Something Museum in Exeter last weekend. And I have to say it was terrific. But not it was terrific. It, I mean, it really no. genuinely was. If you're ever in Exeter, it's a surprisingly good museum for a town that size. I really enjoyed it. Uh, but it's got a cracking shop. I'm like, I'm not going anywhere else for Christmas shopping now. I know I know this place exists. <laughs> Come on, that's the main purpose of uh, of the museum in today's Britain, isn't it? To provide uh, uh, good tea towels for the for the Christmas stockings of the nation. Yeah, um, I've got Ed. I'm, I've just realised the time, and time. I've managed to get onto Twitter um, oh, wow. to have a look at the survey that I put up. You know, I put the tweet out six hours ago only, um, and we've got a statistically valid sample in, our, in my survey. We've got 148 votes. That's loads. 148. Last week only got 16 or something. Um, well, maybe this is a more interesting say, subject. What's the question? School trips, people. We want to know. Tell us. Then listen or listen back. Perspective as a teacher, as a parent, la la la. What's the question? And where is the best place to go on a school trip? Other yeah. reply. Um, so 55%. Oh, no, hang on. Let's do the smallest number first. Um, 9% said go for a local walk, local landmark. Um, mm-hmm. 16% go to the beach or coast. Are you going to go to the beach, Ed? Oh, I hope so. I hope, I hope so, so too. Yeah. Um, which beach are you going to go to? Well, it's, from where we are, I'm thinking might go Exmouth. Um, a very, very, very nice lady who I haven't come across before, but it turns out is a teacher and forest school lead and uh, general outdoorsy person uh, in Devon. It's going, has put me in touch with all the... Uh, Water safety people in the RNA line says they'll do come and do some water safety sessions, and it's a perfect beach. It goes out, you know. I reckon day trip to Exmouth with ice cream for the whole school. I want to get enough coaches, get the whole school, yeah, and parents and carers, and they'll go down. We'll stake out a bit of the beach, won't we? And we'll have a sandcastle competition, and we'll have, uh, we'll have that sounds brilliant. Creams. I think that sounds brilliant. Um, and then, so 16, 16% want to go to the beach, 20% museum or gallery, but 55% want to go to a field centre or an adventure, venture PGL type sort of place. Um, fair enough. There you go. Um, I, I find the adventure PGL thing, it's nice, isn't it, as an end of school celebration mm-hmm. at primary school. I think it's important. Um, I, I, I certainly enjoyed the one I spoke about earlier on. You know, on the letterboxing on Dartmoor, and and just but it's the camaraderie with your mates. And I'll tell you what I find. Oh, hello! I was making weird. Hello, you are oh, no. back. No, you're back. I'm back. Oh, I yeah, think my internet's you, you a bit bogged again. You sound oh, good. Again. Um, but I think um, I, I would say that the thing with PGL places is you have some really irritating, over-enthusiastic, like PE teachers cubed sort of guides, don't you, who just um, get all chummy with the kids and, and they're trying to win over these kids, and, and, and it's a very easy thing to do at such a place. I find that a bit irritating. It's all a bit Joe Wicks, isn't it? Um, yeah. Sorry to be cynical. Um, anyway, we're nearly at the end of the show. We are at the end of the show. Um, I think we, I think we've kind of covered what we wanted to cover. Really, I don't know. I don't know if we've taken the listeners with us either. Uh, <laughs> if you're still with us, let us know. Maybe in a tweet, or maybe on the uh, on the podcast app. Says, uh, do you agree? Have we have we let ourselves down? Have we embarrassed ourselves? Look, Lucy was always grand. Made me love them by letting me choose a postcard of a painting there for the gift shop. We look for the original. You see, I have Lucy, to say, she also saw the damned at the Royal Albert Hall, which is better. yeah. I, I saw um, I've supported a couple of trips to, to the to the National Gallery and I have to say I really enjoyed that where you where you get a, a, a guide speaking you through a yeah, painting yeah. In, in great detail and it's made me look at art in a much more detailed way it's really good because it's not something I do on my own I mean I go around galleries but I, I, I and then and then also yeah. um, you know just a bit of sketching just watching kids 30 kids lying on the floor trying to sketch their version of, of a famous painting. That's quite a nice thing, and, and it's quite relaxing. And I, 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 that's, that is a nice trip, I think, an important one, personally. But go on, then. What, Ed, what are you playing us out with? Thinking about trips. Where do you want to go? Where do you want to go? Come on. Where's the best trip? It's got lions. Um, it's best got trip. tigers. It's got elephants. It's got, it's got the monkeys. Come on. Oh. Where are we going to go? 
And when will we go there, more precisely? Um, when will we go there? Um, will we just go there for the day? Well, we can stay all day. Oh, are we going to go to Hotel California? No, for God's sake. Daddy's taking us to the zoo tomorrow. Zoo tomorrow. Zoo tomorrow. <laughs> Daddy's taking us to the zoo tomorrow. And we can stay all day. With well, of course, we're going to the zoo. 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 You can yeah. go to two, 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 two. You can come to two, two. We're going to the zoo. zoo. See the elephant with a long trunk swinging. Great big ears and a long trunk swinging. Snuffing up peanuts with a long trunk swinging. And we can stay all day. We're going to the zoo. 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 How about you? You. You. Zoo. You can come to two, two, two. two. We're going, going to, the to the zoo. 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 See all the monkeys and a scritch, scritch, scratching. Jumping around and a scritch, scritch, scratching. Hanging by the long tail. <laughs> and we can stay all day. We're going to the zoo. How about you? You, 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 you can come to, to, to. We're going to the zoo. No oh, lovely! But I reckon that might be enough because the people are getting tired and want to go to bed. Yes, right. Well, thanks, Ed. I enjoyed talking about some of those, reminiscing about some of those ridiculous school trips and some of the privileged ones I've been to go on and and led. And yeah. happy um, days. You remind me days. of a lot of trips that I'd sort of forgotten, really, honestly. They'd yeah, been, they've been filed away, so that's been good for me, and I hope it was good for the listeners too. If there's any left, yeah, and um, it's been a, it's been a pleasure. We'll speak. What, have we got a clue for next week, or are we gonna? No, I, I, I think I think um, I haven't got a clue for next week. I it's my last it's my last week of term next week. You um, lucky. And then I'm in Devon with the girls for a week. And then I'm yeah. and then Ollie's coming down from Nottingham by car to take the girls, bring the girls back to Kent. I'm down for a second week. So your first week of the holiday, are you in Devon, my dear chap? Um, I, I believe so, yeah. We could well, do we'll, that walk, couldn't we, that we, we didn't do, that do when you had the COVIDs? Yeah. When I had the COVIDs, um, yeah. I don't know whether we could... Could we be in the same room for our radio show, maybe? I don't know. Oh, um, that would be a thing of beauty, wouldn't it? Probably it could be. I don't know if it works or not. But, but anyway, we'll chat offline. Thanks for listening, everyone. Thanks for um, playing catch-up. Um, and I've just got a message for Richard Newbold, who listens in. Um, Dr Forskin, who I spoke about earlier on, um, my biology teacher, he also ran the cross-country club. Um, and so he was a sort of more... Um, born-again Christian version of Richard Newbold, but it taught biology, not chemistry, and cross-country running, and 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 didn't really like the wedding present or or um, all those other wonderful original indie bands. Anyway, thank you, Ed. Take care. Um, speak to you soon, everybody. Um, have a good week and weekend. Night all. Night, night all. Night. Bye. Well. Be good. Oh, what have I done? I've just gone and put the I've just gone and put the music that closed the show into the bin, which is not what I meant to do at all. Whoops. Um, anyway, so I'm going to close the show with the um, with no music. Thank you and good night, everybody. And that needs to be rectified um, on the teachers' talk app. Right. Bye bye. Thank you. <laughs>